For veterans with spinal cord injury or disease, PVA is our partner for life, assisting as our needs and challenges change. Thanks to PVA, my life is back on course. To learn more, visit pva.org, a public service of paralyzed veterans of America. This is New Hampshire's home for sports on ESPN New Hampshire Radio, WGAM Manchester, WGHM Nashua. Ice thrown in front for Calvert. Anderson, his first two-goal game. And the fans have what they want. Their tenth of the night. Circles in his own zone. Murray looking to get off. Fresh legs come on, and it's Wierenski. Here, darting through is Renberg. Renberg. Wierenski scores! His first overtime goal, and the Jackets win! And welcome back to the stretch run here on ESPN New Hampshire. I'm your host, Jimmy Murphy. Justin Sullivan working the boards, doing a great job as always. And before we get into Blue Jackets Bruins, and specifically the Blue Jackets with our next guest here, Aaron Portsline at Columbus Post-Dispatch. Uh, Aaron, I was in Montreal. How are you, my friend, by the way? Doing very well. Okay. Doing very well. Thank I was you. in Montreal for that uh, that throbbing the Blue Jackets gave uh, to the Canadians, the 10 nothing game, and Al Montoya left in, and uh, it was obviously oh, yeah. a big story up there about the fact he was left in the game. And I guess yesterday he finally spoke about it to John Liu of TSN in Montreal, and uh, John, of course, asked him about the cannon, uh, you know, nationwide that fires every time they hear a goal and how tired he must have been of hearing that. And I just thought, well, he's definitely not going to have that song I just played in his track list anymore on his iPad. I would imagine. You're right about yeah, that. I, I would imagine there's no more for those about to rock with the cannon there. Um, what what was that like? Like, where did that come from? That outburst of offense from the uh, the Blue Jackets. It was. Uh... It was crazy. I mean, on so many different levels, it was crazy. If you think big picture, if you think sort of historical perspective, who are these Blue Jackets to light up the, the Yankees of the NHL yeah. like this? I mean, you just look at the history of the franchises, and that adds a certain spice to it. And then yeah, you look at the here and now, and Columbus is a team I, I don't think people can 
consider them an offensive juggernaut by any stretch. And here's Montreal, the stingiest team to that point in the entire NHL. They'd allowed 13 goals in, in nine games to that, or sorry, 10 games to that point. And they give up 10 in one game alone. Just surreal. I mean, it was, it was, uh, I, I think Columbus pulled the, the dogs off late. They hit post. They, yeah. Oh, yeah. They had one goal called back. I mean, it could have been, it could have been two touchdowns there if everything went their way. It was just a game that, that I think people who were there will remember forever, and people who weren't there will say that they were. <laughs> Listen, uh, the last time we spoke was uh, just prior to the season opener between the Blue Jackets and Bruins in Columbus. Yeah. Uh, I believe it was October 8th. And, you know, this is a much different team in one month than, than Bruins fans saw then. Uh, what to you has developed uh, with this team since then that has made them uh, get off to this solid start? Yeah, I mean, if you remember that night, Brad Marchand was just an animal. I mean, he was all over the place. Yep. It was every every shift of scoring chance and just lit them up. They have not allowed more than three goals in a game since then. Sergei Bobrovsky has been outstanding. The play in front of him has been really good. They The first two games of the season, they allowed so many odd man rushes. And right after that second game, they had a five-day gap between game two and oh, game boy. three. Oh, boy, not fun. And. Well, right, but it also gave them a chance, almost like a second training camp. And okay. since then, the, the odd man rushes against the, the total breakdowns defensively have disappeared. I mean, I can think of only maybe two odd man rushes uh, the wrong direction since then. If they've been a really tight team defensively when they've not been uh, as tight as they need to be. Bobrovsky's been there to, to make it so. They've really cleaned things up, and they, as you say, they are they are a different team tonight than they were a month ago or whenever that game was. Another thing about the Blue Jackets is, uh, you know, we come into this season, and as far as the Calder Trophy was concerned, all we heard was Patrick Lane and Austin Matthews and more Matthews than Lane. A guy that's sort of uh, making a name for himself right now, I mean, he might, I don't think he's getting enough respect around the league, but Bruins fans will definitely notice him tonight. Is Zach Rowenski. Talk about him and the impact he's having right now. Oh, it's, I mean, it is stunning what one 19 year old can do, especially on the back end, which is, coaches will tell you, the hardest position to learn in this league. There's so much that goes into that position. He is such an asshole. If you see the game winning goal in overtime last night, the speed at which he goes from backhand to forehand to the puck released and in the net off the rush from, from Winberg. It's a beautiful play. It's a, it's a play that I'm not sure how many guys across this league can do certainly at that pace that quickly. He has a calm about him that is so rare for young, especially the offensive guys. Uh, he, he almost, he defends certainly and he defends well, but he has the puck so much and carries the puck with such confidence. His head is always up. It's always up. He's not looking down at the, at the stick and the puck on his stick. So his ice vision is so, so impressive for a young age, or for, at any age, really. And he has really transformed this team on the back end. Point-a-game guy as a defenseman, that is exceedingly rare especially as a teenager. Yeah, for sure. And you had some good stats you tweeted out today at, at, at a ports line. And one of them was the last NHL defenseman to exceed 50 points in a rookie season was Vladimir Malikov, who was 24, not 19, when he went yeah. uh, 14 goals, 38 
assists for 52 points for the Islanders in 92-93. He, uh, Rowenski has a solid shot of exceeding that. Yeah, he does. And, and yeah, I mean, Seth Jones is now out for probably two and a half more weeks, maybe three weeks, with the broken foot. So the ice time is going to go up. Mm-hmm. Now, he is a 19-year-old. They will watch him. He's only now getting his first crack at, at uh, three-on-three overtime play. And, of course, in the second game, he scores the overtime winner. But he's gonna, he'll have every opportunity. He's on the first power play unit, which has been absolutely explosive. Let's be honest here. That's where a lot of these points are coming from. I don't think it's going to tick along at 35 40% the entire season. So maybe that cools off a bit, but certainly a, a player to watch, and it looks like a star in the making. You know, you look at that Columbus defense right now, and they, they've got some, you, you just mentioned Jones, they've got Ryan Murray, and now Wierenski. I mean, that's, a, that's mm-hmm. a pretty solid young core in the blue line right now. And uh, you look across the ice at the Bruins, and while they've got some guys in the way, they don't have that NHL-ready young talent that can contribute that quickly. And it just shows you, right? I mean, it, it shows you the way where the league's going. And yep. even if you're a little depleted up front and you maybe don't have the forwards you want, if you've got a core like that on defense, you have a good shot at contending for a playoff spot and, and having some success once you get there. Yeah, you know what it does? I, I think a great, we used to talk sentiment this, about sentiment this way. I think the position, the back end has changed so much that if you have if you have defensemen that are able to engage, willing to engage and carry the puck, they can make good wingers look really good. They can mm-hmm. make average wingers look good. And that, that, you know, Columbus has pushed that. I think it's been a very pleasant surprise for them. Four of their six defensemen, when they're healthy, when Seth Jones is in there, four of their six are 23 years old or younger. That is crazy mm. and I, I think they've expected longer nights from some of those guys than they've had in the early going long season it, things can change very quickly but so far that has been a real boost to them the way that they that they retrieve the puck and they go north and south quick with it they, they don't spend much time in their zone when they're playing well you, you look at a coach like Tortorella right who, who we know loves to grind he likes a stingy game um, and I would imagine he doesn't want a lot of risk taking out there. Has it taken a? Did it take a bit for him to see this core and know that you know what I got to let them take this risk because yeah. they they can be successful doing so. Well, it's a great question, and it's one that's been asked of him a few times. And he talks about uh, self coaching, which is a classic Tortorella <laughs> term. He spent a lot of the Torts. summer telling himself, "You got to relax a little bit." Yeah. If you're if you're going to encourage risk, you have to accept that there are mistakes with risk. Now, the risk cannot exceed uh, the reward, of course, and that's where they were the first two games, and that's what they corrected before the third game. Uh, but yeah, he. I mean, I have to tell you this though too. I think he and he'll never admit this because he doesn't want uh, anybody to rest on laurels. But I think he expected them to struggle. A little bit more. And Marcus Nudevara is a guy that no one's heard of. I guarantee anybody listening to you right now has never heard of Marcus Nudevara. No. Third pair guy, uh-huh. seventh round pick two years ago. He has been a real, really interesting player. Gets the puck, skates the puck, goes, and it's gone. And they don't get overwhelmed. They've had, they've had a real efficient approach with that. But yeah, Tortorella has, I think, bit his tongue or tried to 
Bite his tongue a few times. This season, at least he's trying. He knows that he can't. <laughs> yeah. He's trying. That's all you can ask him. You, you got it. Well, he didn't bite his tongue about shortening a bench last night, did he? God, I mean, listen to that again. <laughs> you, I listened to it again. I'm thinking. I looked at the box score. Did they lose? Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing your tweets, and I'm like, by the way, you won. <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, you know what it is, though. And credit to the guy. I mean, he he, he does come across as a little. It can sound psycho? ridiculous sometimes. <laughs> yeah, psycho. <laughs> but he he is in a market that has never won. They've never yeah. won. They've fallen flat on their face more times than they've had success. Someone has to push the boulder up the hill. Mm. There aren't very many people who are strong enough to do it. He has that personality. If anybody can do it, and I know there's a lot of people who think he's done and can't coach in the game anymore. I don't agree he's with that. He's got that sort of approach. I think the guys in the room, there are times where they want to kill him, but there's a lot of respect, and if you watch this team play this season, they're playing for him. Now, I don't agree with him. Maybe that's because I put my foot in my mouth a little too many times, too, so I can sympathize, but you know what? I, I think he's just the right guy for a team like that, and you know, I, I know what you're saying. He's in that climate where they haven't won, and I, I forget when you'll probably be able to tell me. I had heard recently, it might, you might have even been talking about it on SiriusXM, uh, where they're asking about the empty building. And, you know, this team is playing yeah. good hockey. Why is it empty right now? And I don't know if it was you or it was somebody else was like, well, like Tortorella said, they got to win. If you win, and his quote was, look, if we win, they'll come. It's that simple. Right. And But I want to ask you, being there for so long and, and a lot longer than sure. Tortorella, is that necessarily the truth in that market? It, it is absolutely the truth. Okay. And I... I mean, I look around this league, look at the history of this franchise. They tell me, other than Montreal and Toronto, what cities would be packing the place? No, you're right. With, with the, they've won two, they've, were they one home playoff victory? Uh-huh. One home playoff victory. 16 seasons. The Chicago Blackhawks have had more outdoor games than Columbus has had home playoff games. What? Right? <laughs> Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, I, I never, I don't blame the fans anywhere. It's a free market. If you, <clears throat> excuse me. If you want to come, you come. If you, yeah. don't, you don't, but I can tell you, if Columbus, it, there's trust issues right now, frankly, between this organization and the city. Mm-hmm. There's trust issues. They, they, they don't feel. There's, there's enough people who don't feel like they're going to be rewarded for spending the money for a ticket with a good time, with a competitive performance. It's going to take time for that to change. But I, knowing the history of this team, they've been through this before. If this team is still in it, if this team continues to put performances, com- can compete like they have to this point, the building is going to start swelling. And when the time is right, the building will be packed. And, and that, it's a, that place it's rocks a, it's when it's packed. It's a fantastic hockey. It's a much better hockey market than people realize because oh, the yeah. NHL city has been so, the NHL team has been so poor. But it's 180 adult league teams. In Columbus, yeah, There's it's huge. Rinks around the city that are packed. There's NHL players now that have grown up and played in Columbus. Sean Corrali here with the Boston Bruins is a Columbus yep. product. There's five guys in the AHL right now. There's the first round draft picks from from Columbus now. Everything's been in place now for years except for the NHL team. No, I'll tell you, you're right. I mean, the hockey roots there and the hockey foundation is there because I I don't know if you know my other job that I do. I do some sales for a company called Live Barn, and we put. Uh, I don't know if you heard it, but we put 
you know, cameras in amateur hockey rinks and it runs on an algorithm, follows the movement on its own, and then we stream it out. So right. parent, parents can't make it to the game. They can, they can see their oh, kids, right. you know, and, right. and the kids can clip it and all this. And, it, and it's starting to take off. But I'll tell you, the two in the States, the two markets to take off first, this is going to shock me, was New England and Ohio. Yeah, right. And, you, and it's, mean, it's because of what you just said with yeah. all the amateur hockey going on there that people don't really realize is there. Right. It's there. Yeah. I mean, there are NHL coaches that have stayed in Columbus. There's NHL players that have stayed behind. There's an NHL linesman that lives in Columbus. I don't think uh, he's an official now. I don't think he wants it out there because, you know, that stuff is. Yeah. Um, there's agents in Columbus. They have, they have people on the ground watching young 13, 14-year-old players. Oh, yeah. Uh, in terms of gathering clients, I mean, it, it's come a very long way. There's just one step to go yet, and that's up to the NHL. And, and let me ask you, you talk about uh, a sort of lack of trust right now between the fans and the organization. What about the trust right now between management and the scouts below them and their bosses and the ownership? Because clearly... The scouts are doing their job right now. Whoever's scouting these kids, this young defense that you have right now, that could arguably be yeah. the best young core on the blue line right now in hockey. What, what about is there trust there that if it continues and they and this team gets in a position to get there, that they're going to give them those pieces that they need at the deadline? Yeah, well, I, I think trust is measured in in a couple of ways. The entire management group, John Davidson at the top, Yarmo Kekalainen, and Bill Zito right beneath him, the general manager, and assistant general manager were each given two-year extensions. Mm-hmm. So they have three years left on their contract. Now, if you look at where this team finished in the standings last year, where they finished the year before, they're raising some eyebrows when guys get two-year extensions. But that, that is a that is a uh, affirmation of trust, yeah. if, if there ever was one. The, the second part of that is this franchise has always – spend money they're a cap team they made moves this summer to get under the cap mm-hmm. uh jared bull bought out better tootin bought out spending the money by ownership has never been an issue here Good. spending it wisely has been the issue all right um, you look at the gabrick trade they, they, they have a long history of spending for guys it just hasn't worked out but that is not an issue Good, good stuff. Well, listen, uh, you know, they're a fun team to watch, and I, I suggest to all our local listeners, even when they're not playing the Bruins, tune into them when you get the chance. And definitely read Aaron Portsline. You can check him out at A Portsline on Twitter. Aaron, always a pleasure, my friend. Enjoy the game tonight, and uh, we'll see you around. Cool. Yeah, thank you. All right. That's Aaron Portsline of Columbus Post Dispatch joining us here on the stretch run. And I'm telling you, man, I'm excited to watch this game and just watch the way those kids move it. Young core. That's that's that that's what that's what that's that's what what they're going for here. That's what we're looking for. But they're but see the Bruins they don't caught in between. There's no identity. There's no identity. Either commit to what you see on Columbus tonight. Yes. See the way that defense is, and and management and ownership need to either commit to it. Say, look, you know what? We're gonna suck. Yeah. Maybe one, two, three years, and they get there. But if you can get to what you'll see on Columbus tonight. And man, you, you've got something special because that's the game, man. Like and because the, it, they have the prospects too. It's not even yeah. like they don't have them. You know what he said about the wingers the too. Yeah, yeah. They have the Zaboros. They have the McAvoys. They have those guys in the wings. You just have to have patience. Yeah, you can't just th- so what if you miss throw it away or? and you can't just say, "Oh, we want a deep playoff run just to get your playoff gate." That's not going to no. work. That's not going to work. And we understand people in this area understand that you're not there yet. Yeah, you have to develop that. 
See, well, tonight, you know, a, we have to watch that. A guy that will disagree with us on that, I know he will. And <laughs> we'll, we'll ask him again, and I know he's going to disagree, is Joe Haggerty <laughs> on a Comcast Sportsnet New England. He'll be joining us in the next segment here. Give us a Bruins perspective of this game coming up between the Blue Jackets and Bruins at TD Garden, 705 start. And you stay with us for that here in the Stretch Run on ESPN New Hampshire. We'll be back. Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy. Weekdays from 3 to 6 right here on ESPN New Hampshire. I'm Dan Patrick and this is Above the Noise. Soon the dust will settle in Chicago. They'll pick up the confetti and all the empty beer bottles and life will return to relatively normal in the Windy City. Except for one big difference. People will be walking around who actually saw the Cubs win a World Series. And now the question becomes, what kind of front runners will the Cubs fans be? They're probably happy to shed that lovable loser tag, but will they actually become arrogant? They do have the best roster in baseball. Most of their key players are ridiculously young and cheap. There's no reason to think that they can't become a dynasty. It's weird to think about it, but they're now the big bad Cubs. They could easily become an evil empire of the Midwest. They have a Yankees-like payroll and talent to match. I'm sure fans in St. Louis aren't going to be thrilled about this one bit. And neither will the people in Chicago on the south side who follow the Sox. But for Cub fans, I'm sure this is the best problem they could have ever imagined. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Game plans. That's how you handle tough opponents. So, when you're up against cold weather, make sure your game plan starts with a dependable, proven, tough Duralast battery. That's why AutoZone is the only place that carries a full range of Duralast batteries. They're designed to deliver more power during startup and stand up to even the harshest conditions and temperatures of 40 below zero. Cold weather's coming, so out-tough the temperatures with a Duralast battery. Proven tough and available only at AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Sadly, folks, Buffalo Wild Wings cannot remake your fantasy football season. They can't tell you who you should have benched or who you should have started. But Buffalo Wild Wings can make your lunch hour a lunch hour that's worth it. Every weekday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m., they've got the B-Dubs Fast Break Lunch Menu with awesome options like wings and shareables for discounted prices. And they have their TVs tuned to the latest analysis, so there may be hope for your fantasy team yet. Buffalo Wild Wings, Wings, Beer Sports, please drink responsibly. Have you suffered a motor vehicle injury and need professional assistance? Do you need a team that gets you back on track and taking the green? That team for you is Bardis Law. Bardis Law has three attorneys and two paralegals that can assist you if you've been injured in an accident. Athletes get injured on the field and on the track all the time. Routine injuries can be expected in sports. Accidents are not anticipated in everyday activities. If you get injured in a motor vehicle accident, call Bardis Law at 603-420-8588 or visit at www.bartislaw.com. Come experience all the joys of living at Bedford Green. Only steps from the Merrimack River and Heritage Walking Trails, the Bedford Green offers some of the largest floor plans in the area with a convenient location only minutes from Manchester. Bedford Green is the town's newest luxury living address featuring granite counters, stainless steel appliances, natural light and spacious layouts, and offers easy accessibility to restaurants, shopping, and all the major highways. Visit BedfordGreenNH.com. Hi, I'm Liz. Welcome to Lowell Jewelry and Loan. The economy is pretty rough right now, and if you're looking for a short-term loan... 
banks aren't making it any easier. Sometimes it can take up to 60 days to get approved. That's crazy! We truly are in the business to lend money and put cash in your hands instantly. Bring in any item and we'll give you cash. We also give you four months before making your first payment. Call or come see us today. Our reputation is impeccable. Lowell Jewelry and Loan on Merrimack Street. How would you like your office to be located in the heart of downtown Manchester? The former Ted Hebert's building at 922 Elm Street is ready to house your business. With over 28,000 square feet available, the time is right for your business to maximize this rare opportunity. Again, there is now office space available at 922 Elm Street, the old Ted Hebert's building, but it won't last long. Contact Tom Finney at 603-647-6800 or visit loopnet.com. Which is worse, a trip to the hospital or the fees and bills that come with it? At the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Center, they provide a comfortable and friendly environment while offering high-quality imaging for open MRI and low-dose CAT scans and ultrasounds, all at an affordable price. Their modern technology allows for accurate diagnosis while ensuring complete patient comfort and safety. For more information or to set up an appointment, please call 603-622-3670 or visit bedfordsurgical.com or baskimaging.com. The money-saving tip. Coming at you with another money-making tip. How to save money effectively. Tired of overpaying for stuff? Then head to ESPNNHradio.com and check out the ESPN New Hampshire Deals page. You can save up to 50% on deals from all your favorite local businesses and restaurants. Why pay full price when gift cards and gift certificates are only a few clicks away? So start saving now by going to ESPNNHradio.com and checking out the new ESPN New Hampshire Deals page. You're welcome. Nobody talks sports like we do. You're listening to the number one sports station in New Hampshire. It's ESPN New Hampshire. Paul Simeon is now going to bring you with Walking in the Guns of Brixton. Yeah, ask your neighbor what that's about. And it's all time. Back from Spooner. Off for Radulov in over the line. Alexander Radulov to the mid. McIntyre the same. Loose puck scores. And welcome back to the stretch run here on ESPN New Hampshire. I'm your host, Jimmy Murphy. Justin Sullivan working the boards. And I'll tell you, Shea Weber and David Pasenik, they had the guns of Brixton shots going there, man. Wow. Those are two rockets that neither goalie was going to stop. And on to talk about that game and the game ahead against the Columbus Blue Jackets at TD Garden tonight for the Boston Bruins is Joe Haggerty from CSNNE.com. Hags, how you doing, buddy? What's going on, Murph? You know, uh, talking to a few people about Pasenik and Pasenik himself today and, uh, uh, Backus, David Backus was mentioning how uh, that pass was kind of a little bit behind him, and he still, you know, managed to adjust himself one time it, and get that kind of 
velocity on the the shot that he threw at the net there, Pasternak. Man, he that 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 was a nice little uh, a nice little how to of uh, all the skills that he brings to the ice right now, and how good he, and confident he's feeling. Yeah, and I didn't even realize Joe that he has scored now in five straight games. I thought it was points, but he's actually scored in five straight games, could get his sixth straight game with a goal tonight if he lights the lamp. And, and you're absolutely right. I mean, he's just got that sniper feel to him like that. Like, you know, I'm thinking back to, like, the days of uh, Sega Genesis, NHL 93, 94, and Ronick, right? Like, you know, you come around the net, feed him for the one-timer, like, boom! And it was it was an automatic. And, I mean, that that kid has that ability at that age, that's just that's pure talent. It is, and it's it's the thing is, it's finally being realized now fully in his third year. You know, and yeah. How many times have we seen that in the NHL, where a guy in his third season really sort of grows into his own and, and you know kind of starts to show you what the feeling is uh, for him as an NHL player? And I think we're seeing that now with with Pasternak that he could be a star. And you know, we always knew that was that was there, and the potential was there, and that that's probably where he was headed. But to finally see it playing out on the ice. Uh, with production as well as the skills is definitely exciting for the Bruins. And, you know, a big part of him unlocking all this stuff now is the work he did in the summertime and getting up close to 190 pounds and and staying in Boston for a month and a half uh, when he normally would just go back to check and not come back over here and, you know, working out with other Bruins teammates, working out with the training staff. Uh, He is clearly much bigger and stronger than he was last season. I think the Bruins weren't super enamored with the shape that he came into uh, two years ago mm-hmm. and didn't feel like the work was put in in the offseason like it, it should have been. And, you know, that played into a little bit of a disappointing sophomore year along with the, the injuries. But, you know, he changed that. He committed to it this summer. And uh, now he's committing to it on the ice, uh, winning battles along the boards with the newfound strength, uh, winning one-on-one puck battles in the corners in different places and, and playing with a much bigger edge. I mean, We've already seen him get suspended for two games, for God's sake. So, for the hit. So, <laughs> I never so thought I'd see that, yeah. Yeah, he's playing a much different way than he used to, much more effective, much more competitive. He's playing with much better players, so that gets into it, too. And part of it is he's 20 years old now, and he's just maturing into what he's going to be as an NHL player. And, you know, we all knew the Bruins had a stud when they drafted him in the first round. I could see it from development camp, that first camp right after he was drafted. Now right. we're, we're really seeing it on the ice. Joe, what's your take on how he's improved his two-way game, specifically in the neutral zone, uh, and, and being much smarter and more responsible? Uh, you mentioned, obviously, the work ethic's gone up, but specifically there in the neutral zone, has he, has he finally uh, made Claude Julien worry less than he used to? Yeah, he's not making the high-risk plays anymore. I think he's sort of figured out you know, when he can do that, when he shouldn't do that. Um, taking care of the puck and managing the puck and, and, and holding on to it and not having it stripped away from him just as easily. And You know, it's funny. He struggled with that a little bit in the latter half of the game against the Sabres on Monday night. Yeah. And you saw so did the whole maybe, team, though. Uh, yeah, you saw, yeah, exactly. But, I mean, with him, when he starts struggling with that, he just starts turning the puck over. Yeah. It's very obvious. You know, it's, there's no in-between. No. So uh, as soon as that happened, I think he missed a shift with his line. And, you know, he went, he sort of snapped right back into what he was doing before. And and that's, you know, a credit to the Bruins coaching staff for, for keeping him in check and reminding him uh, of the way he needs to play. And, and I think he understands it now much better than he used to. 
as far as the puck management goes, and just as far as being competitive and not like letting guys just take the puck away from him. Yeah, you know, like he did before when he was a little bit smaller, a little bit younger, and a little bit less mature. So, yeah, it's I, the, the hockey IQ has definitely gone up for him too. It makes for better sure. decisions, and that's what Claude Julian needs if he's going to put you in the ice in big situations. Right, and you know, it, it's interesting. I mean, we. We all sometimes think Claude is a little hard on the young guys here, but how about uh, we just had Aaron Portsline on the Columbus Post-Dispatch, and I don't know if you saw Tortorella's quotes. He shortened the bench last night uh, and benched a couple of his young guys, and after the game, even though they won in overtime and one of his top young players scored, he said, well, you know, there's some kids here who think there's, uh, you know, they're entitled to playing here, and I, you know, I just thought I'd make it clear that that's not the case, so... You know, I mean, that's the case around the NHL, Joe. It's it's part of progressing and reaching your potential is you're going to learn. And sometimes uh, it's it's going to end up, you're going to end up on the pine and you're going to watch. And I, I think Pasenek, credit to him that he didn't look at it as an insult. He looked at it as a learning experience, and, and obviously he's benefiting from it now. Yeah, and, you know, this goes back a little bit, too, to the conversation that you and I had on, on our podcast uh, with David Krejci about Pasternak. Yeah. And, you know, kind of the tough love he had to show him a little bit at times where he's like, hey, he's my friend. And, you know, sometimes I had to say things to him that, you know, it didn't feel great as a friend to be saying it to another friend. But, you know, these are things that he had to hear uh, on the bench during games uh, about things he weren't he wasn't doing, things he wasn't doing enough, and, you know, things that they needed him to do and needed to change about his game. And, you know, I, I think that's the kind of leadership that you don't necessarily hear about with Krejci or see with Krejci, uh, but it's extremely important for, um, you know, a seasoned veteran Czech player uh, to a, a young, uh, impressionable Czech player to sort of bring him along and, and teach him how to play the right way. And, and I thought it was really interesting when he talked yeah, about that. Yeah, it was awesome. It, 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 it really lets you know, you know, it's the coaching staff, which obviously is doing the right thing in, in bringing him along to get him to this point and the message is getting through. It's the players on the team, and it's Pasternak himself, you know, yeah. challenging himself to want to be a better player and being open and coachable enough uh, to listen to all this stuff. And, you know, it's, I'm sure he knows at the end of the day it's for his own good and it's going to turn him into a much more effective player. And, you know, that that's what we're seeing right now. He's, he, he's got the potential to be a 30-goal scorer this year, especially with the strong start he's gotten off to. And, and really is going to be, and I, I kind of thought this might happen uh, before the season started, he'll be the guy that steps in and makes sure that you don't miss uh, Louis Erickson's production because mm. he's going to be able to do mm-hmm. you know, pretty close to that, uh, skating with Marshan and Bergeron. And you know, how interesting is it now, Marf, that you see a guy like Pasternak exploding offensively playing with those two as compared to last year when they put Brett Conley there for 40, 50, 60 games and he couldn't do a damn thing offensively with those two great players he was skating on the line with. <laughs> Joe, Joe, you, you just made me lose my train of thought. That was good. Well, seriously. <laughs> but I it's mean, true. It's, it's just, true. It, it just underscores how bad Brett Conley was with the Boston <laughs> Bruins last year that he couldn't even get points. He went like 20 or 30 games without a goal Skating with that fabulous tandem yeah, of Marchand and Bergeron. That's when you know you got to hang them up. want to be a right wing skating with those yeah. two guys. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they could probably make you or I score. But, uh, you know, <laughs> Joe, uh, speaking of Louis Erickson, by the way, I know he got his first goal the other day, but do you know that, you know, for all those uh, great analytics people around Boston that wanted to keep him, heading into that game against the Rangers, 
Do you know what his shooting percentage was? No idea. Zero. <laughs> oh yeah, he had no goal. Yeah, but well, no, no, it, it, like it, it just it would it should have been a negative because he scored on his own goal. <laughs> like he literally <laughs> it, it was a, an analytic lover nightmare. Like he he was everything that they said he stood for, and, and he was like their you know their dream player here in Boston. He was a complete opposite of it so far this season in Vancouver. And I, I'm sorry, Joe. I I just. I still think that look. I can criticize the Bruins have made plenty of mistakes when it comes to contracts and stuff, but I I just think that was the right move not bringing him back for that money. Well, they should have traded him. That they, was, the that was the, well, that was the big mistake. Yeah, trade deadline exactly. And getting something of value. Good, for him. good luck to Vancouver no trading way. him now. <laughs> yeah, they they knew they knew there was no way they were going to resign that player. Um, you know, I, the fact that they were even thinking about it it, <sighs> it astounds me, and I really can't Did, imagine who was thinking about it though. Thought. Who was thinking about it, do you think, Joe? When it comes down to it, do you really think Don Sweeney was, or do you think it was Cam Neely and Charlie Jacobs? Well, I don't think Cam was. I don't think he's Cam Neely's kind of player at all. I think if anybody was, it was Don Sweeney more yeah? than Cam Neely. Okay. I, yeah. Well, is, is Louis Erickson in any way, shape, or no. form Cam Neely? <laughs> no. player? There's no chance, I think, that Cam Neely wanted him no. back. And, <laughs> That's you know, a good point. I... I the thing about Louis Erickson is he's a fine player, two-way player, um, pretty good on the power play. I think at times maybe the Bruins have missed him a little bit in front because he had good hands and he would get but to the front. He's not but a difference maker. The thing is, he was playing in a contract year, and that's when he put up this huge season yeah, with these and now numbers. And I think he's the kind of player that, you know, he's going to put up the numbers when the money is on the line, but then he's not going to go to the, net, the front of the net as much as he did before once he's right. got the big contract and the security. He's not going to put himself in harm's way as much. He's not going to sacrifice his body to do those things uh, that are unpleasant that players don't want to do, you know, when he knows where he's going to be for the next yeah. five or six years and he's got all that money coming his way. And, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of a, it's a tough thing to say about a player because, you know, you're saying that you'll do something when uh, your contract is up that you won't do when you're in the middle of a deal. But how many athletes have we seen like that oh, that yeah. play that he's way? Not the and, only one. You know, the, the two years before, and I know he was had concussions, but still, there was a huge difference in the amount of times last year he would go right to the front of the net and park himself there, not and not move, as opposed to the two years before. And I think it was all about his contract situation, as opposed to anything else. And good for him; he got six years and he got a huge deal. But I just felt like there were warning signs all along with that player that he was a lot of what he was was about the money uh, and going to the highest bidder once you get to free agency, and that it, you know he didn't have it in, in his. Makeup to play that way every single night if you sign him to a long term well, contract. You know, that was did you see a good uh, thing to get away from? Did you see Elliot Friedman's thirty thoughts yesterday? No. Not, well, not it, what you're saying is exactly why him and the Sedins aren't working right now. They wanted him to be that guy to the front of the net and let the Sedins go perimeter, and, and he's not doing it, and it's not working, yeah. and, and it, that, that's basically why they brought him in was to play with them. That was like their dream of line. Course. And, and he's, he he's completely ruined it. Yeah, it's unreal. So anyhow. But, but, we, uh, but we also knew, Mark, let's be honest. We also knew, and I, I said this, you said this, like a lot of people that have watched Erickson up close said this, putting him with the Sabines was going to turn that into such a soft line Yes, that any team that had size we, and strength and a little bit of snarl was going to neutralize them. Uh, by throwing them around in front of the net cue, and keeping them away from the net. And that's yeah, exactly yeah. what was cue, happening. Cue the Michelle Terry and famous line in uh, Pittsburgh. <laughs> He's soft. 
He's soft. Uh, but, uh, Joe, looking at the other side of the ring, and another thing we talked about with uh, Aaron Portsline, obviously Zach Rowenski off to this amazing start, will be a, a likely Calder Trophy uh, finalist if he keeps playing this way. But you look at that young Columbus defense as a whole, and it, you watch them carefully tonight, the way they just move that puck out so fast with such ease and such preciseness. Like, that's that's where the Bruins want to go right now, and Sully and I were just talking about it before we brought you on. They can get there probably with the, the guys they got coming in the pipeline. They've got some strong candidates to help them become that type of blue line, but they're clearly not there right now, and you know, what do you do when you're in this purgatory stage? Do you do you make moves to try and get there in, in the in the present, or do you just have that patience that Columbus had and wait till those guys finally come to fruition on the ice? Well, it all depends on who's available too, right, and what's being asked for them. And well, there's you know, not much right now, that, obviously. Right, and you got to make that determination. You know, if you're willing to pay whatever the price is to get whoever that player is, and how much of a difference they're going to make, and you know that part of it is subjective, but. There aren't a lot of defensemen among the Bruins, the young guys that are coming through the pipeline, that I'd be willing to trade right now. And Certainly there's not a lot of, of young players I'm going to want a mortgage that other teams are going to want. Right, you know, I'm with going you. To be ask, other teams are going to be asking about Pasternak. Other teams are going to be asking about Brandon Carlo. Other teams are going to be asking about these young players uh, that you have, that you covet now, that you want to keep. And this is, you know, what was going on with the Jacob Trubin. I was just going to say, why do you Brandon think Trubin didn't get traded? Because that's what Winnipeg wanted. You know, and, right. I, and, and it makes zero sense to trade a guy that might end up being better than Jacob Truba for Jacob Truba and is already playing top pairing minutes with Zdeno Char at 19 years old. Yeah. I think the fact they're scouting and their player development and the way that they helped bring along Carlo and the way he's playing now at 19, I think is going to make Don Sweeney even less inclined to trade. But what does Don Sweeney do, players. Joe, when, when, you know, Jeremy Jacobs says, hey, remember what I said on Media Day, Don? We need to go deep. I mean, how does Don Sweeney say, well, you know, what do you want here? Because we have, we have a chance to have a really good decor for a long time and, well, and go I, deep I a lot. He, you know, I, how yeah, do you do it? I think, I think what he says is, remember when we traded Tyler Sagan and Dougie Hamilton and, and these <laughs> other players and got absolutely lambasted for it and got pennies on the dollar and we looked like the laughing stock and, of the league. And can so you I, agree with me that, that – that, Yes, they got pennies on the dollar, and that wasn't all just bad mismanagement. I think some of that came from above. Oh, of course. Thank sure you. Did. Thank you. And, I, you know, I, you don't trade players like that unless there's some conversation with, you know, whether it's Cam, whether it's ownership. Like, owner, Cam speaking on behalf of ownership. I mean, there's, there's obviously major – if you're going to trade a player like Tyler Sagan, there's major, major discussions going on, especially if you're going to have a behind-the-beach show after the fact. You know, kind of and, uh, and throw them under the bus. And, and, yeah, I, that that's all an orchestrated thing. That's not yeah. a, you know spur of the moment <laughs> thing. I, you know, I, you know, I, I was told before the season started from somebody in Bruins management, we're done sprinkling our talent around the rest of the league, and I Good. think that's that's their stance, and I think that's where uh, they're they're going to be right now because they're gun shy about trading any more young players, and they don't want to get burned again. And that I think that's a good thing especially when I still don't think the rest of the league really respects Don Sweeney and Cam Neely and, and thinks they can rip them off every time they make a trade yeah, now because they sent a third-round pick for Zach Ronaldo. You know, <laughs> I, I think it's going to take a little while 
uh, before they're going to get reasonable offers from other teams and they're going to get fair offers from other teams and other teams are going to play ball with them. Until that happens, uh, you know, you're going to get stuck with, uh, you know, Doug Armstrong asking for a David Postonek when Kevin Shattenkirk's name, his name comes up uh, at the NHL draft. Yeah. And, you know, other GMs are going to try to rip you off. Yeah. You know, the, the, let's face it, the Bruins aren't going anywhere this year. They may get into the playoffs. It's going to be similar to the last couple of years. Uh, there are some things that look like it might be a little better than last season. I, I like the fact that Carlo and Char are so good as a top pairing. Um, the emergence of Pasternak has been yeah. something that's How really long can Char last good. there, though? That's a big question. Those minutes are well, already you know catching up. Carlo, they caught up the other night. Carlo's been good for him, Murph. They're I know, really but that good. winning goal in Montreal, man, he got burnt bad. Char, well, yeah, Char. No, that's still going to happen sometimes, but it's yeah. not happening nearly as often as it did. And, Second yeah. night of back-to-back, they're playing five games in seven days. These are the kind of stretches where I do think you're going to see Chara look 40 years old. You know, yeah. These are the exact pockets in the schedule where he's going to get exposed a little bit. But I think not having to worry about his right side because Brandon Carlo's been so solid is a huge thing. It's yeah, a much different story than when he had Kevin Miller playing on his side <laughs> and he had to worry about him every step of the way and, and you know play both ends of the ice and play basically – you know, the position of two guys when he's out there and really worry about everything that he's doing. Plus, he's not in the power play anymore, and I think that's saving him a lot of energy, not having to go back and lug the puck, not being out there for that ice time. Uh, I'm sure Char's not happy about it. I'm sure he'd like to be out there for the power play. But I think these are things that are making him more effective and better this year because he's been way better this year than he's been the last couple of years. uh, Final question here, too. Miller comes back. Do Do you think Claude goes back to him because... He just seems like more of that reliable guy based on age. Or do you think Carlo has impressed him enough where he's going to say, "All right, I'm putting Miller somewhere else, hopefully on the bench." Uh, Carlo's not going. Carlo's not going anywhere. That's going to be the, the pairing, the shutdown pair yeah, all year. As I would as think they so. Healthy. I would. It, one of two things is going to happen: either Adam McQuaid's going to get traded, or there's going to be wink, wink, nudge, nudge, another injury, and somebody else <laughs> uh, sits on the sidelines to clear space. Uh, You're hurt. Come back. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Sort of like Adam McQuaid was hurt for the first few weeks of the season. Maybe it'll be another something like that. Yeah, I hear you, buddy. Listen, enjoy the game today. I uh, hope to see you around, my man. I appreciate you coming on, all right? You got it, Mark. All right. Joe Haggerty from CSNNE joining us here Good on stuff. the stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire. I hope you got your hockey dose there. It was, uh, absolutely. We got that game covered, huh? Oh, absolutely. Just a quick note, too. You got Jeremy Lozon. He's got six points in five games. You have Zaboro, who's got 10 points in 12 games. And you have McAvoy, who's got 5 points in 5 games. You have point a night. There you go. There you go. In That's the what's on the way. Patience, please. Patience. Patience, Bruins fans and media and Mr. Jacobs. And, and by Mr. the way, Jacobs. I didn't want to ask it because we don't have enough time. But one thing I want to ask Joe or any Bruins guy we bring on next time, too. And I want to talk about it with you sometime, too, Sully, because we'll need probably about four segments to do it. <laughs> uh Jacobs is still finding a way to nickel and dime. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And people say that's impossible. They spend it a cap. But I'm going to do a study, and yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prove it to you. So give me, give me a few weeks. We'll get yeah. back to this down the line. But he's definitely nickel and diming yeah. still, and that's never going to change. And that's what's going to hold this team back. It's you watch. Ca- it's killing him right now. I mean, like, and it's to me, it's, the, it's just poor decision. What he said, that Hamilton. 
It's just, Hamilton was a nickel and dime move. Yeah, exactly. It's just a, it's just poor, poor management of the whole thing. Like, yeah. he nailed it. Third round for Zach Ronaldo. That's 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 what we're gonna do here. That's what we're doing. We're trading third round picks for a guy who's not but, in your but team. But that's dumb management. Yeah, I'm telling you about where ownership is even even in higher. Force yeah. things, and it's been on Sagan, and it was on Hamilton. Even higher. Yeah, I'm not excluding. I'm not excluding him of blame. Peter Shirelli deserves blame. Don Sweeney deserves blame there. for Hamilton and, and Sagan. The people above had a huge influence on that. Don't ever kid yourself. Listen, we'll talk about that. You want to give us a call? 603-883-9900. Got a little time left. Otherwise, we'll finish it up here on the Stretch Run on ESPN New Hampshire. We'll be back. You're listening to The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy, right here on ESPN New Hampshire. Talking boxing with Billy C. Every Saturday morning from 4 to 6. Here's my thoughts to WBC, who likes to parade around and act like they are the sport of boxing. They like to, to promote their belt as the belt to have. And for the most part, a lot of fighters follow that thought process. I think Canelo Alvarez would be in a position to really put some egg on the face of the WBC. On the home for boxing fans, ESPN New Hampshire. Is your business in search of commercial property? Garrison Glen Corporate Park, located in Exeter, New Hampshire, is a highly desirable suburban business park located just 10 minutes from Portsmouth. There are four lots remaining, ranging in size from approximately 10 to 20 acres. That's Garrison Glen Corporate Park in Exeter. Don't let this opportunity slip away. For more information and other property listings, visit CushmanandWakefield.com. CushmanandWakefield.com. It's Sunday sit-down with Jared Scaley. The salary cap is going through the roof. Insane. The money is going to be 10 times worse than what it is this year. So, yes, that contract was 15 a year, 15 and change a year. If that happened, if he signed that deal now, that's 20 a year because of where the salary cap's going. All right. Numbers are going to be inflated. NBA fans are obscene, are going to be obscene seeing some of the numbers that are going to come out in the next yeah. couple years. And a lot of outrages, and we're going to talk about it on here. We're going to talk, everyone's going to talk I mean, about it. The numbers are going to be stupid. Every Sunday from 11 to 1 on ESPN New Hampshire. Beals Insurance Agency is proud to announce the opening of their new Londonderry office. Located on Route 102, Beals Insurance is committed to serving Londonderry, Hudson, Wyndham, and Litchfield while offering the best price and quality coverage that's right for you. Whether it's home, auto, or business insurance, make the right call with Beals Insurance Agency. Call Steve at 603-471-9999 or visit BealsInsurance.com. With six New Hampshire locations, Apple Therapy's comprehensive orthopedic rehabilitation clinics offer convenient access to a wide variety of services. Apple Therapy uses the latest technology and treatment techniques such as trigger point dry needling, active release techniques, running gait video analysis, and Graston technique. Plus, they are networked to most providers in all insurance companies. Apple Therapy is located in Amherst, Bedford, Manchester, Nashua, Londonderry, and Executive Health Club. For more information and access to their video library, visit AppleTherapy.com. We all have our mountains, the challenges that push us further. At Coors Light, our mountain is brewing the world's most refreshing beer. That's why all of our breweries cold lager to give Coors Light its signature crisp taste. It's why we cold filter to ensure brilliance and clarity. And it's why we package cold to seal in Coors Light's refreshing flavor. Because we believe every climb deserves a refreshing finish. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Great beer, great responsibility. 
Cam Rogers. According to the Cleveland Plain dealer, coaches are forced to teach RG3, or I'll say refresh his mind on, these three mechanics. One, plant your back foot, then throw. Two, get down, then slide. Three, throw the ball away, don't take needless hits from the defense. Those are three things that coaches are focusing on. Rather than focusing on the playbook and improving the offense, they have to pretty much reteach these basic components to Robert Griffin III. Saturday at 4 on ESPN New Hampshire. You're listening to The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy. Stay tuned for The Right Time with Bomani Jones. Only here on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. That's great. It starts with an earthquake. Birds and snakes and airplane. Lenny Bruce is not afraid. I have a hurricane. Listen to yourself. Turn world to its own needs. Dummy, serve your own needs. Beat it up and not speak. Grunt, no strength. The ladder starts to clatter with fear. There you go, all you <laughs> people out there thinking the world is over. Just feel fine. It's okay. I mean, Robin Lennon, the goalie for the Buffalo Sabres. Yes, he has Trump written across his goalie mask tonight. That's Good. Okay. Good start. That's okay. And there's more protests and protests and protests. And uh, Obama can't even look at Trump <laughs> when they shake hands uh, in the White House today. But This is going to go over real well. It's going to be entertaining. The world is not over. <laughs> we still got sports. We still got a great Veterans Day parade lined up. Thank Absolutely. you to our veterans tomorrow here in Nashua. Bringing back I'll some be old out memories. And about. Yeah. I mean, I did that for four years with the Nashua High School South March. Awesome. Day. Bringing back some old memories there. So I'll, uh, I'm going to come and come in early and check that out. And, Absolutely. Uh, you know, life life is okay. It's all good. You know what? I'll tell a quick story. What do you got? One minute? One minute. One minute. I'm going to tell it tomorrow. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not enough time. It <laughs> went to it justice. I will tell it tomorrow on Veterans Day, and all the music tomorrow will be uh, Veterans Day As it should themed. Be. Uh, so you see a Marine tonight, wish him happy birthday. You see a veteran, thank him. But not just tomorrow. Thank him every day. It's every day. Should because be you know day. what? They gave you the freedom that you have right now to express your belief that it is the end world as we know it. <laughs> yeah, to go out and, and go through your protests and do all those things. And you just have to every day. Every, yeah. t- every time you see someone, every time, you, you just have to do it. You have to thank them. Exactly, my friends. Well, listen, thank you to all our guests here on the stretch run. Good to be back, Sully. Missed you, buddy. And, uh, of course. Great to have you back. We will see you tomorrow with another great Friday show. Looking forward to our man Gabriel at the end of the show, as always. Absolutely. I missed him when I was gone. Yep. And, uh, yeah, so hopefully I see all you uh, locals around here. Maybe I'll see you around the parade. If not, enjoy. And, uh, again, happy birthday to all Marines. Semper Fi. Hoorah!
game. Yeah, one of them was ridiculous. One? It was ridiculous. You got 